When you are trying to grow your business, do you leverage a pull system or a push system? And if you know me, I am a lean practitioner. And in the world of manufacturing, a pull system is much more valuable and effective than a push system to get your results. Now, let's move to our amazing conversation with Jennifer Catrulia, where we talk about so many things in terms of finance and strategic planning and how to position your business for the next three, five, and 10 years. But when we got to the conversation about her being a super connector, I had to go there. And I too recently in my business realized, yes, put effort into pushing out your personal and business brand. But when you leverage the power of your network, It's a lot of work at first, but oh my, the benefits are absolutely amazing. Let's listen to our conversation. I'm a big believer in the raise all ships. And as I've looked at that over the years, people I met, even the role I have at Citroen Cooperman right now, I met a number of these individuals when they were very early in their careers and now they're leaders in the firm. And it's it's been very much a home for me. And so when I received an invitation to join, it was because of over the years developing those contacts. But in my travels, whether it was this morning or last week, introducing people where they can benefit each other on a professional front or personally. I just find being creative about that business deal or that personal moment, the philanthropy that helps create a positive environment, whether it's days, months, or years later, always provides a lot of positive results. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, my name is Deb Coviello, and I am the founder of Illumination Partners, and I just want to thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I have the distinct pleasure of speaking to industry leaders week over week and bring their insights and inspiration to you. If you like this episode, I would love if you would subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. And now I'm honored to share the mic with my fantastic guest, Jennifer Catrulia. Today's guest, Jennifer, she is a partner at Citroen Cooperman, and it's considered a pioneer of the outsourced virtual CFO, advisory, and accounting services space. She is credited with helping hundreds of companies in all phases of growth implement best practices and position them for profitable and successful ROI at exit. And Jennifer is a nationally recognized strategic and operations advisor for high growth technology, service-based, and healthcare companies who are committed to choosing to achieve results over making excuses. Welcome, Jennifer, to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. 
So I am so looking forward to this. I remember when we first met, we were just talking about all different kinds of things, how you got into the line of work that you have. But one of the things that really struck me that I think for my listeners is really relevant is kind of in your headline here that you help businesses going through rapid change, which is exactly aligned with my brand. I drop into organizations, I help them with a business problem, but also look at the leadership, the mindset and develop them. But also you're a power connector. So I'm going to want to dig into that a little bit. Connection, relationships is half the battle when you're trying to just serve people. So I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself personally. Don't forget the personal part, but also your business journey and the work you're doing now to serve businesses. Sure. Well, thanks again for having me. It's such a pleasure. And, you know, my personal background is is growing up actually surrounded by entrepreneurs. I have always had a love for scaling businesses and also a great respect for the effort that it goes into it and, and how much it impacts, you know, a family and lives every day. So the seriousness of it. And I think what I've watched over time, very intelligent people and very creative people come up with wonderful ideas, also some ideas that don't work. <laughs> But as you're growing a business, I think you can have a great idea, you can have the timing right, but no one gets through it alone. And so, uh, you know, over the years, I learned that you can sell your way into success. But if you don't have the right infrastructure, you reach certain points in the business where all that hard work will quickly fail. And, and I just developed a love early on for helping companies push through the operational hurdles that allow a company to continue to grow and help keep it on course toward what an exit plan is or, or what a, a dream end is for, for an entrepreneur so that you get there with as little deviation as, as possible. Personally, I love travel and, and business and the fact that mobile and cloud computing now allows us to do all of those things is an exciting way to participate. You know, one of the things you said early on in this, you know, I'm on an entrepreneurial journey. So again, this is why I love bringing people like you on because I get to learn from you and what to do and what not to do. And ultimately, I have to make the decision what is best for my business. But, you know, you talk about selling your way into growth and wealth and all of that. And I, I actually just talked to somebody on another podcast interview where he says, sometimes you can bring in amazing talent, a top sales team that's going to grow your top line X amount percent. But sometimes those companies aren't successful because the operational processes, the resource, the talent is not ready for that significant growth. So you can do a quick fix, or, you know, hurry up, I can guarantee to get you 10 new clients in the next week or so. But you know, it's a maybe a short term win, but a long term struggle, I suppose. <laughs> very true, very true. And and uh, it's it's fun, hopefully, working and being able to see that in advance and prepare for it or or deal with it if you're in that moment is is a great challenge. So paint a picture for me a little bit when obviously, you know, you've been doing this for some time, you've got an amazing client base, but what is, I don't know, the profile of a of an owner, a senior leader, a business that realizes they need your services? I mean, where are they at in the journey? What are their current challenges or struggles when you and them connect? I, you know, it comes in a couple of, of different paths usually, and the the challenges are similar. A, a company either knows in advance that they are very growth minded and they have a plan that involves getting several rounds of funding, They whether it's a startup or they're in a series A or B, or and, and they just want and look for exponential growth. And in those cases, hopefully they're reaching out to me saying, we know we are going to have moments where we have gaps in staff. And when we cap out or outgrow the team members we have, and, and we need to be able to either elevate them with us or know that there's going to be transition periods. And in those cases, it's great because we can plan ahead and talk about the pain we expect at different points and 
and how we're going to solve for it. As commonly, <laughs> maybe more commonly, someone has become very successful in ways they didn't plan and at a pace they didn't plan. And they're realizing that to the point you were just making, they bring on salespeople and suddenly they are having clients that they either in volume or of size that they didn't anticipate in the door and fulfilling on those promises or the, the administrative and other internal demands on the company start to leak and break. And so those two things usually lead to a moment where we're needing to do an assessment and figure out where things do stand, how we are going to course correct if needed and, and move things forward. So curious. I mean, again, you know, I look at your background or what you do is in the area of financial services, but is it more than that? Because I'm trying to paint a picture in my head of that when they say, oh, no, <laughs> I need help or, oh, I'm planning for growth and I need help. What are the typical other than just, you know, the assessment and closing the gaps? What kinds of specific services do you bring to them or can you offer them? Really, I, I like to take the approach from top down of, of looking at the company and saying where and, and it's with always with the end in mind, or at least at this moment, what we view as the end or exit plan. And how are you going to drive that growth? So what does that sales team need to look like at the next level or two? What does your HR support need to look at? Often companies cobble things together and, and you do in the earlier stages. But as things get more complex, I've seen many companies succeed in every area and fail on compliance and suddenly have a nightmare on their hands that can suck down a company. And so it's what do you really need to do to insulate yourself to make sure you have the support system in place and that you're protected as well as you're focused on pursuing your goals. I look at companies and say, does your accounting department, your technology, your your marketing efforts, there's such a focus always on content, but are you actually developing relationships with people and and where are you defining marketing versus sales and 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 again social connections that came up a lot over, you know, in certainly different periods where whether it's live or virtual or, or different demands. So really I'm looking at and the governance of the company. A lot of times companies will start with a an advisory board or a board that's a friends and family <laughs> and significant investor if you had one one group. But as the company grows, you often need a working board with specific expertise and that can make contributions. And do you have that or a plan for it? So every area of the company really needs to look at in terms of where are you today? Where do you have any strains in terms of knowledge or contribution and how are we going to get to the next steps? And the accounting to me is, is sort of the measure of how is that going? All of those decisions you made, um, how are they working out for you? So honestly, by the time we get to the accounting, I want it to drive real time day to day data that helps everybody make changes in the moment and, and know where to go next. But most of it is reactive if we ignore the rest of those pieces. It's interesting. This is a perspective I've never heard before. I, I'm painting a picture in my head of, you know, like a wheel or an engine. You've got all these different parts to it and you'll look at it. It's, it's similar to the, the book that I'm, it's in editing right now, the CEO's compass, where there's different parts of the compass and some can be working fine, but ultimately you want to have peace of mind, have the exit strategy. But sometimes there's maybe like the center of the compass. It's kind of the, the pivotal point in. The accounting is almost kind of like the pass through of all the different business decisions and transactions of the business. And if people aren't getting paid, well, what's wrong with that process? Or if people, I don't know, relationships, whatever, it's, it's almost like the center that, like you say, speaks to the health of the business. I love that perspective here. <laughs> So I'd love to go, you know, you've got so many different areas of expertise, but one of the things you talk about that I'd love to know more is when you go into an organization, you try to seek the profit and the efficiencies and the leaks 
and the company as it impacts performance. Tell me more about that. That seems really interesting. Well, a lot of the the time we look at leaks and and um, I have this this conversation often. Again, everybody's focused on the the growth of the company and and the top line and how wonderful that's looking. And and honestly, even when they have conversations about accounting services or leveraging an advisor, the, the conversation is always, well, how much is that going to cost me? And and my um, I, I turn that around and, and have a conversation. You're at this point, and something brought us to the table. So I, I get a sense you already know, but let's talk about what will happen if we don't do this. You have a sales team growing, but you've largely lost track of client acquisition costs or return on your marketing efforts or compensation-based performance. People are getting compensated for how long they've been with the company, regardless of their actual contribution to the efforts or their ability to contribute to your efforts going forward. We look at HR again in terms of are we bringing people on, getting them paid and terminating them and hoping for the best at all those stages in between. But are they motivated? Are you losing companies to or great team members to competitors? Are you sourcing the best talent for your company? Um, on an IT front, are we cobbling things together and wasting hours every week when we could automate? So leaks are where we could be doing things more efficiently, more profitably with better experience, even at a higher per hour cost, but needing less of it. And so we look at it. I look at leaks as saying, continuing to do the things that served you at the early stages of the company or at an earlier period in time probably aren't serving you in in the ways you think now, even if they're your comfort zone, doesn't make them better. You know, as I'm, again, I'm not into accounting. I rely on really, really smart people to help me with my accounting. I just keep the spreadsheet going. But you know, when I think about the work that I've done, continuous improvement, one of my projects was to bring in-house a particular technology from an outsourced service. So rather than outsourcing, we were insourcing, and it was supposed to yield a percent cost savings. And ultimately, it did on an annual basis. But so often, leaders say, okay, high five, we got the cost savings, let's move on. But what if the cost to operate that piece of equipment now becomes an expense because maybe we couldn't handle the volume. We don't have enough people trained on it. We have to stop the equipment because maybe it stops operating because we didn't maintain it. So often we fix something, make an improvement, walk away. And as to your point, don't look at those leaks or those fringe effects of not having every possible system in place or every interested party asked for their opinion on what could go wrong. (laughs) So very, very interesting. Now, I want to go here. Power connector. I have learned myself out of survival when I started a business. I mean, I knew a lot of people in the industry, but I also didn't know a lot of people. And my network and reaching out and conversations with people like you have been invaluable, if nothing else, for support, but also referrals and having my back. So tell me more about you being a power connector. Sure. Well, you know, I, I found over over time that as much as I could succeed through my own efforts and through hard work, that at every stage in my own development and progression, there was always someone who gave me a foot in the door. And it was either because we had a friendship throughout the years or we worked together and and they saw something in me that they felt was of value and, and I appreciated. But that foot in the door, then then you're responsible for how far you take it. But that moment of, of being given that access can be game changing for anyone. And I think even in small moments, when you think about two people who could create an opportunity after you've introduced them, that maybe we all get so focused on our own companies and our own efforts and our contact list 
that someone who's just sitting outside of those boxes can say, you know, of your plans for the day, if the two of you actually connected, there's a really good opportunity here. And so, and I think in doing that, whether in the moment there becomes an opportunity for me to participate, or if they just, uh, you know, have my back at some future date and think about how something they come across could be of help to me. I'm a big believer in the raise all ships. And as I've looked at that over the years, people I met, even the role I have at Citroen Cooperman right now, I met a number of these individuals when they were very early in their careers and now they're leaders in the firm and it's it's been very much a home for me and so when i received an invitation to join it was because of over the years developing those contacts but in my travels whether it was this morning or last week introducing people where they can benefit each other on a professional front or personally i just find being creative about that business deal or that personal moment the philanthropy that helps create a positive environment whether it's days months or years later always provides a lot of positive results so this message is so strong you know when i i mentioned that the audience is comprised of senior business leaders entrepreneurs that might be stuck where the old way of doing business doesn't serve them anymore or certainly the emerging leaders that no longer have a support system network 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 i wish Either I didn't listen and I wasn't aware, but now I value it so much. And I've also learned pay it forward, give something first. You never know how it's going to come back. And I really love what you just said about raise all ships because I've met some very interesting people along the way, love the business, love the work they do. And now I'm thinking about them as I get ready to launch my book. I'm getting ready with the merchandise and the gifts I'm going to share with advocates. And you never know, truffles and cheese may show up on your doorstep for supporting the drop-in CEO and you get to lift small business. So beautiful. Great lesson learned. Now, you're very passionate about this one. Often I don't date podcasts, but we are hopefully coming out of a crisis or a pandemic. And there was so much content out there about leaders having to pivot their business to a virtual environment or else just to survive. But you have some thoughts around What do the next couple months look like as the landscape changes again? Can you share with us a little more? Sure. I think it's important to be very thoughtful about who you are going to be and what your requirements are for your business in these next several stages and be able to communicate that. You know, for the first time, I've now been asked, will I take coffees in in a city near me or will I go to lunch? At the same time, can someone book my day from start to finish still with Zoom calls? And so part of it is identity decision. Who am I right now and what type of meetings am I going to book and, and in what settings? And are you requiring certain things of the other people in terms of, you know, travel and and exposure and all of those things, whatever personal preferences are, the more you can be clear about what your next steps are and how you're going to handle your schedule and how you're going to handle your marketing. In many cases, companies are being asked to work in two environments. It's, it's difficult to work in virtual environment. It's difficult to work in a live environment. I'll put that in quotes. And now you're really being asked to do both unless you are very intentional and clear about this is who I am And now I'm going to need to nurture the relationships that are a good fit for me at this place in time and be willing to turn away things that that aren't a good fit. So again, you kind of, as I'm thinking about what you say, talk about 
start thinking about these things. It's potentially a risk. One might say, okay, it's not a big thing. People will naturally, they're flexible. They'll blend. Some people will be now showing up in a corporate job. Some people will be remote. But then, you know, if we don't have these conversations now about, well, what does travel look like? What do group uh, gatherings look like? What do we expect in terms of people's availability? If you don't have the conversations now, it does lead to conflict and potential leaks in your organization because we're not clear on what it looks like. And it's a great opportunity. I, somebody was saying this to me to engage your employees in the process, take some polls, get some input from people. Maybe they have uh, better ideas than you on how to blend the ways of working going forward. Yes. So amazing. So you have so much to offer. So when we think about the people you serve, what are some of the top things they should be thinking about, even if they don't engage with your services? Again, somebody listening to that, they're thinking of growing and exiting the business. What are some things that they should be doing over the next, say, three to five years? I think it's really important to now do a business assessment and and think about what the business is, is meant to do and, and how to get back on target to what the original goals and, and exit strategy were and have those changed, but now getting realigned and refocused and thinking about too, everything from, you know, money drives everything at the end of the day. And so from a cash perspective, you know, we're through many of the things that we've we've had injected into businesses over the last couple of years we've now need to look at working capital financing everything staffing and compensation our growth plan and what's changed in terms of how people connect from a sales and marketing standpoint so relook at, really looking at the company and figuring out the path forward getting a forecast in place and really starting to measure to it. Things just aren't going to work going forward the way we've been used to. And that's always going to be true. But it's it's now taking that best practice approach to buckling down again, saying we're, we're looking at the long haul. We need to take a breath and, and get realigned with our, our goals. And sometimes... Even though we're really smart people, you know, even if you have a board of advisors, sometimes you just can't see the opportunities or the risks. Another set of eyes can help you guide the way and pave that path. So uh, very interesting. Now, one of the things about you, and again, this is only audio, but I see you, you're a very confident person. You've always seemed to have had a can-do attitude from that entrepreneurial roots, and you've been successful in the work you're doing, and now you're sharing the message via being on some podcasts. But are you ever at a place where maybe you have doubt or you know, you're not all there? What is your support system or how do you regroup to say, okay, I'm going to continue to move forward? What, what do you use as a support system? Sure. Uh, well, I mentioned that I grew up in a very entrepreneurial environment and with some people who have had tremendous success and who can be very proud of that. But I also got to watch and participate in a journey to in varied amounts when there was failure or when everyone said something was a bad idea. And you know what? Maybe it became phenomenally successful or maybe it colossally failed. But I think there has to be something that drives you to say, I'm going to make the best educated decision and go forward. And there were a number of periods of time where I did care either about what a room thought about that idea or about what the outcome was. And in those moments, again, back to raise all ships, there was uh, fortunately someone in my support system that would say, just just go, just make your next decision and go. And and sometimes that's the key to just get up the next day and 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 regroup and start over. And And that's not always easy. But I think sooner or later, you either have to decide that that is the approach you're going to take or that you are going to be a follower and, and follow someone else's ideas. But if you want to follow your own, you just have to keep going. 
That onto itself is so inspirational. You know, again, being a solo entrepreneur, and again, I've got some coaches, I've got some people that provide services that are invaluable, even producing this show right now. But I am faced with so many decisions. Again, the book, do I self-publish? Do I have a publisher? What is the cover design? I'm actually looking at the cover designs now. And if you ask too many people's opinions, you're not going to be able to formulate one yourself and which one is going to be best. It is so, so hard. I think the only thing that you can control is to say, you know what, what if you succeed? What if it's a good decision? Just keep going. We'll learn fast and keep going and make a better and better and better decision the next time. Very inspiring because, again, I see some people that are just so stifled by uh, what do I do now or what if, what if, what if. And they, it's always the what if negative outcome versus what if positive outcome. You seem to have a very positive Absolutely. attitude. That's why I like, <laughs> like talking to you. So, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's just great because, um, you know, the podcast here is insights and inspiration for people that are listening, but it's also insights and inspiration for myself. So talk to me about a client. Have you ever had an experience with a client or customer that when you showed up, you know, yes, they knew they needed you or yes, they were trying to go through growth and they needed an outside set of eyes. But you know, it was a struggle in the beginning, maybe like maybe they weren't all on board or maybe their mindset wasn't uh, quite ready for it. what are some of the challenges that you have to overcome with a client to get them to the point where then you can roll up your sleeves and move forward. I'm curious. I think the two, the biggest situations I encounter are that people want to get to a next level, but they're, they're very afraid to be uncomfortable. And I think that kind of goes to what we've just talked about is that I think in doing anything that's going to be successful or that is going to grow, you have to go through discomfort and you have to almost be excited about the possibility of success and, and the possibility of failure and, and just be someone who enjoys that, that journey and that drive. So I have clients who will want again the outcome, but once they really realize what uncomfortable means to get there, <laughs> it can be overwhelming for them. And, and it's really just a process then of providing the support, the next steps, continuing to be very methodical when, when there's a feeling of chaos and being willing to ride through the journey and get to the, and build trust. I think that's a huge part of it. I think the second part is uh, that that when I'm working with clients who really didn't want that outcome because there was a lack of realization that that's going to still be a lot of work or more work. The next level of success doesn't then mean an easier moment. <laughs> it means that you're driven. Uh, nothing stagnates. You're either moving forward or you're moving back. And so um, I think, again, it's it's do you really want to be successful? Do you really want to continue that path forward? And yes, in building something, you should be able to start to have the company work without you. But it's often a more difficult journey than people actually want. And secondly would be that they've burned, been burned before. They've had conversations with others who said they could help them. And um, so sometimes I have a, a hurdle to overcome as far as being able to demonstrate that this time can be different or better than they've experienced. You know, you bring up a really valuable point about being afraid of being uncomfortable. I um, I want to share a quick story. One of my clients loved them. Um, 
did multiple assignments with them, but there was a particular individual, very technically savvy in the food safety space, and they needed to be able to make an impact and get a message across on the importance of being a friend of the food, you know, making sure that we protect our consumers, but afraid and not confident to be able to speak up to leadership. And so I had a coacher essentially on managing up and picking language to, here's the data, why don't you change your mind about this to, here's the risk an impact of doing nothing or here's what we need to do and here's the opportunity. And I'll tell you that we prepped for it. She went in, she had her note cards, she did everything what I would say is right. And at the end of the day, they questioned, they asked a lot of questions. And I told her, I said, listen, you did a great job. You gave them something, them some meat to dig into, to ask a lot of questions. And while I was trying to raise her confidence in that situation, we actually got a different outcome. She said that, you know, it was hard. I don't know if I got the right result, but at the end of the day, I know, I know my stuff. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. I'm going to continue to be a friend of the food. And if it's not here, potentially someplace else, the result was they were a little uncomfortable, but you know what? They got amazing confidence now. Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing you can contribute is you and anything else is just a copy. So I think that's the, that's the gift. It's also the challenge. So. So I know there's a lot of people out there that could definitely use your services. If if somebody's on the fence right now, they're unsure about, you know, do I bring somebody in from the outside or not to either help me through rapid growth or help me uh, with an exit strategy and they're on the fence, what should they be thinking about and, um, you know, it, it, to the point where they may actually need your services? What are some last thoughts that you might have for them? I always welcome a phone call and a conversation. So if it's with me, I, I welcome the outreach and whether it's virtual or, or live, if we're in the same area. But I, I, again, I think a lot of people are hesitant to have that phone call or to have that conversation. Um, but oftentimes I welcome it because in 15 or 30 minutes or however long the call is, there's no obligation and you're always learning something. So I think, um, there's, there's often too much hold back on, on having those conversations. But I also would say that if someone hasn't really, you know, sat in quiet for a while and thought about the alternatives, are, do you know how to get through this on your own? Or are you going to spend so much time in this gray area that for sure you're going to have leaks? and cost and uncertainty? And and do you just need that little bit of a push forward? Because you remain in control of what services and path you're going to accept. But unless you explore the options, you're, you won't know how, how you could move forward. And so I think just being afraid of the research can often be one of the biggest obstacles. You know, you bring up, uh, you always bring up great points here. But you know, one of these things about accessibility, just give you a call just give me a call for my services. And again, similarly, I go in and assess the risk and try to close the gaps in an organization. You and I are completely accessible to anybody who's listening on this call. I just had another interview earlier today where it was like, oh my, they're, you know, my idol. I would I can't believe they actually accepted the interview and they get on the call. It's like, just call me. I mean, success is after a lot of hard work and sometimes some good fortune coming your way. But at the end of the day, we're just all regular people ready to connect, ready to meet you, meet me. Just give Jennifer or me a call. We are accessible. Conversations can be free. <laughs> yes. So how best can people get a hold of you? I'm sure they're going to want to reach out and learn more about your organization as well as yourself. 
Sure. Uh, well, LinkedIn certainly is one way. I, certainly by phone. I don't know if that's something I share on here or if it's published on your <laughs> site. Okay. So by phone, by LinkedIn, by email, um, I'm happy to, to respond and, and set up a Zoom video meeting or a call, whatever's best for people. All right. Well, Jennifer, you have been an amazing guest. I, I so enjoyed the conversation and a lot of the nuggets. You seem to have just such a positive can-do attitude. There is something about coming up in an entrepreneurial spirit that says, I can do that, and not being so fearful of what might not happen. So you've been amazing. Thank you. And I wish you continued success. You too. Really a pleasure, Deb. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.